morning. Y'all make your way in here, and that was very weak. Good morning. There you go. We're in the house of the Lord. We can have joy, guys. Amen. Hi, guys. Good morning. Good morning. All right. I'm glad you guys are here this morning. I would say, there, you know, there's just a lot of things that our world throws at us that we could be doing on Sunday morning uh, besides being here. And I'm thankful this morning you guys are here. And, and it's, it's important that we don't neglect uh, gathering together and worshiping together and encouraging one another and supporting one another. 
and reading the word together uh, and all those things centered around our Lord Jesus. So I'm glad you're here this morning. Let's open with a word of prayer and then we'll, we'll get started with our welcoming time. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, uh, for the opportunity to be here today, Lord, to preach and teach your word, to worship with my brothers and sisters, Lord, to, to glorify who you are. And Lord, I thank you. Uh, I thank you for this church. I thank you for the people, what they mean to me and my family. And Lord, I'm just excited to be here today, Lord, to worship you. So be with us. Uh, Lord, and I pray that there's anyone here that doesn't know you, Lord, today's the day that they will understand and have a great need in their life and that, that they've sinned and they violated you and you paid for, for that on the cross and, and that they would profess you as their Lord and put their faith and trust in you. And Lord, thank you for the baptisms we get to do today and um, we have activities going on today and the, the pool party night. So it's a busy day, but it's going to be a busy day uh, spent worshiping you and fellowshipping with one another. So Lord, uh, we just love you and we thank you. In your name I pray. Amen. Take a couple of minutes this morning. Welcome, everyone.
All right, guys, we less than two minutes. Start making our way back. I know, right? Yeah, less than two minutes. That's what I'm saying.
guys. All right, you may be seated this morning. Got a few announcements. Um, so today is kind of a busy day. After the morning service, we have baptism at the river. So if you've never uh, been to one of our baptisms, we've got a couple of baptisms today. It's going to be at Greer Creek, so just go about six miles out W Highway, turn left on Greer Creek, follow it down to the river. That's where we do baptism. That'll be, we'll leave here about 10, 10, 15 minutes after the end of the close uh, of the morning service. So come to baptism. It's always a, a, a great time. Tonight, normally we have men's Bible study on Sunday night, but tonight is the Crossbridge Pool Party. So we've rented out the Marshfield Pool. That is from 6.30 to 8.30 at the pool. So we'll, we have like 45 pizzas they're ordering, right, I think. For, I, we have like 180 people sign up, so we'll have plenty of food. Uh, we've rented out the pool, so come tonight from 6.30 to 8.30 at the city pool. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Sunday, September 11th. Sunday, September 11th. We have a couple things going that day. The ladies' crafting day is from 2 to 5. They're, they're doing something, well, crafting with tin cans, and there's some examples out there in the hall, but they need to know today so they can order, make sure they have enough supplies. So please let Pat know today, if you're, you want to raise your hand, Pat, she's right back there. Uh, let her know today, ladies, if you plan on coming uh, on that Sunday, Sunday, September 11th. Also that day, the college and career young adult class is going to Fun Acres in Springfield. They'll meet at the church at 3.30. They're going to take the church van, uh, and they'll have dinner in Springfield and come back and have a devotion with one another. So we like to do those college young adult uh, outings. That's Sunday, September 11th. Meet at the church at 3.30. So we'll keep announcing that. Uh, also, Sunday, September 25th. This is something we've never done before, uh, but I'm pretty excited about it. Sunday, September 24th. That afternoon, we're going to do an outreach at the park after church. So what we're going to do is from 1 to 4, we're going to go over and cook lunch, set all of our stuff up. So we'll pretty much get done with morning service, grab some stuff, go to the park, get everything set up, and then have an outreach from 1 to 4. Uh, so if you would like to volunteer with that, please see Mike Simons. Mike, you want to raise your hand. Everybody knows Mike. Please see Mike uh, about that. Um, on Sunday, September 25th. And then if you want to sit at the table where I share the gospel with people, come and see me. If you'd like to help me with that, come and see me. If you have the gift of evangelism, I'd love for you to sit with me uh, and do that. So no men's Bible study tonight. Wednesday night, we have uh, dinner every Wednesday night uh, at 6 o'clock and classes at 645. And then we have our freeway service every Saturday night from at 530 is dinner service right after. So I don't think I had anything else on announcements. Do we have anything else on announcements? Nope, kind of a short day. Mike, what can they sign up for? What do you need positions for? Let's cover that real quick. Okay. So snow cones, cotton candy, popcorn, prayer tent, bounce houses, clean up, tear down. And we did buy, uh, we had someone donate the funds to buy uh, sound equipment that we can keep here to take for our outreaches. So that, was, that was awesome. So we'll have sound equipment over there. 
uh, that day. Sierra wanted me to say that if it storms tonight, which I don't think it's going to storm, maybe rain, right? If there, we'll send out. Check the Remind app, uh, and I'll post on Facebook also. If for some reason there's storms tonight and they close the pool, I don't think that's going to happen. I think we're good but uh, for tonight. So anything else that uh, I, I forgot this morning that we need to cover? Okay, if you would stand, let's take up our morning offering and have our time of worship before we jump into God's word together. Uh, So let's bless the morning offering this morning. Lord Jesus, I thank you uh, again, uh, Lord, for the opportunity to be here today, Lord, to worship you and to fellowship with my brothers and sisters, Lord. And I pray over our events we have coming up from uh, just our fellowship events like tonight uh, to our outreach. And, uh, Lord, that we can reach people in our community and share the truth of who you are. Uh, Lord, I pray for our freeway service every Saturday night, uh, Lord, as we're sharing the gospel there and our Wednesday night classes. uh, Lord, we do it all because we love you and we want to point people to you. So, Lord, bless this uh, offering this morning. Uh, uh, Use it to further your kingdom, God, so you can spread the gospel all around in our local community, our missionaries abroad. Lord, I'm thankful for our missionaries who are giving up everything, everything, sacrificing everything, comforts uh, of of our country uh, to be around the world and sharing the truth of who you are, Lord. And so, uh, Lord, this morning we just love you. I thank you for the opportunity to be here and to give back to you what is yours, uh, Lord. Let us be good stewards. It's in your name I pray. Amen.
guys can be seated. All right, so that, that was, a, I kind of put them on the spot uh, with that last song. They never, we never played that in worship, and I sent it to them this week. I said, guys, can we, can you try to sing this? or try? And they did a good job because that's, this is what the sermon's about today. And that's why I wanted to, for them to, um, overcomers, that, that's why I wanted them to play it. Children's Church, second grade and below this morning, if you would like to go downstairs. Mitch, Mitch asked me, Mitch and Mandy, you got children's church this morning? Oh, go have fun with Mitch, kids. Use Mitch as a jungle gym this morning, okay? Yeah. All right, 1 John chapter 5. So, so there's some encouragement here because I want to tell you there's times when we get down. And we're in a battle. We're going to talk about that this morning. And John gives us a great reminder here. A great reminder in our text. It's 1 John chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. I really hope this is encouraging this morning to you. 1 John 5, 1 through 5. It says this, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of Him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey His commands. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory who has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for the text this morning, Lord, uh, in your word that we can look through. And there's some great reminders here. And there's some encouragement, uh, Lord. There's some reflection uh, upon ourselves. And, and, Lord, there's questions about that we can ask ourselves about being in you or not. And so, Lord, I thank you for that. I thank you for t- my time I got to spend looking at it this week. Thank you, Lord, for our worship team uh, that has never <laughs> played that song before, but they did a really good job in leading us and worshiping you uh, this morning. It, it, it's in your name I pray, Lord. Amen. Uh, so I want to I start the next chapter in, in the book of 1 John today. And um, we have talked about, last week we talked about uh, the love of God, that the Holy Spirit guarantees us that we're in Christ, and it guarantees salvation through Him. We talked about the Holy Spirit being the third part of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And having the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit are two very different things. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is a lifelong thing where Christ is taking over your life. You're becoming more Christ-like. The fruits of the Holy Spirit and the fruits of that start to become displayed in our life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control, all of those. Love is the Christian assurance of having the Holy Spirit. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, love is now coming out of your life in how you treat people, in, in your love for others. Humanly speaking, it's absolutely impossible to love without Christ. That is the assurance of our salvation. When we're loving others that are unlovable and we love our brothers and sisters and at times our brothers and sisters are unlovable. When we love people unconditionally, we have God's love That's an assurance that you have salvation. So today in our text, we see a word given to those who are followers of Christ. Those followers are called overcomers. Overcomers are those that remain steadfast through trials. The the song talks about it. I hope you paid attention to some of those words in there. That's exactly what that song talks about. 
And you overcome the temptations of the world, the trials that Satan throws at you. There are several characteristics of overcomers that are, were given in this text. The first one is, without a doubt, the most important, because if you don't have the first one and, you're, and you don't have this, then you're, there's no way anything else is going to work. And the first one is given in our first verse. If you go back to our first verse, it says, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of Him. The first characteristic is they trust in Jesus. They've trusted in Jesus. Overcomers trust in who Jesus is. Any sermon that I preach about victory in life or victory in marriage, having victory in work, uh, it always has to start with the only way to victory is through Christ Jesus. It has to start there and it ends with there. Because you can have behavior modification in your life. There are things that you can modify, but behavior modification is not salvation. It's not trusting in Jesus. And, and if I'm just being honest this morning, there are just many times in our lives, guys, that we try to think of things on our own. We try to figure it out on our own. And Scripture teaches over and over and over that the only way to victory is through Jesus. That's it. Overcoming requires complete dependence upon God for direction in your life, for purpose, for fulfillment, for strength to follow His plan. Only through Christ can you have all of that. Do you really have a purpose in life? Do you have fulfillment? Well, I think one of the great questions we can ask ourselves, and anybody should ask themselves at one time or another in their life, is what is my purpose? Like, why am I here? What, what is my purpose here? And our purpose and direction should always be about Christ. It should always, your worth should be found in Christ. Your direction should be found in Christ. Your purpose in life. Listen, I, I think... Uh, I, I, we were talking about it last night. I, I don't. And maybe it's Selena who mentioned this to me. We were talking about uh, football and how I'm, I'm coaching our football team and how I get all worked up about football. And I love football and I love coaching. She said, "You really missed your." And she was joking about this. She said, "You missed your calling in life. You should have been like a history teacher and a football coach." And I said, "No, I, it was Sierra. It was Sierra." Okay. And I said, "No, I didn't. I think I have my calling in life." Like preaching the word, and I'm, I'm doing exactly what God wants me to do, even though I love coaching football, right, uh, and, and all those things, but I think God has me, and so uh, all of our direction, our strength, everything that we come follows from him, not us. I love these verses, it's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Highlight these, memorize them, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. So when we acknowledge Him, we trust in Him. Don't lean on our own understanding. Just trust in Christ. Acknowledge Him with everything in your life. The little things, the big things. Uh, I, I always say and I always tell my kids this and I tell you guys this. You know, if we would take care of the little things in life, there wouldn't be big things to take care of. So if you trust God with all the little things, you're never going to have to trust Him with the big things because they're going to the little things turn into big things, and you've already trusted Him. Um, and I and I was I was preparing this sermon and thinking about this. You know, you can use all sorts of illustrations, right? But I kept thinking back to one story in particular in Scripture, and one guy uh, that just kept coming back to mind. And I kept thinking about Peter, uh, and and I think. Uh, this story summarizes the whole point that I was trying to make. So turn with me, if you would, uh, to, to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. 
It's verses 22 through 32. And I want to read them to you this morning. Jesus had just got through feeding 5,000 people. And the crowds were following him. And he tells the disciples to go get in a boat and go to the other side. And this is where it picks up in verse 22. It says, Immediately he made the disciples go get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on a mountain by himself to pray. When the evening came, he was there alone, which is important. That's a whole other sermon, but make sure you spend time alone in prayer, reading the word, spending time with God. Just side point there. Verse 24. But, but the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, which is like 3 in the morning to 6 a.m., he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. This whole, this whole thing sums up so much for us. Jesus tells Peter, Come. Peter steps out of the boat in faith. He steps out trusting. And he's walking on water. He is doing something that is humanly impossible. Only through God. I don't know if you've ever tried. I want somebody to try to walk on water tonight, okay? It's going to be real funny watching you sink. Because it's humanly impossible to walk on water, right? But God is watching over him, directing his path. He's walking, doing something humanly impossible that can't happen because God is directing him. Peter has his eyes focused on the Lord Jesus. And then what happens? He starts focusing on the turmoil that's boiling around him. In, the, in the, the storm, in the waves, the wind. The waves are crashing around him. He sees the strong wind. And what happens? His faith in Jesus starts to wane. But Peter knows when he starts sinking where to turn. Why? Because he had trusted in Jesus. And what does he say? Lord, save me. Jesus reaches out his hand and takes a hold of him and saves him. What do we see? Then the disciples worship the Lord Jesus Christ as the Son of God. Listen, God wants us. He wants us to know, brothers and sisters, to keep our faith in Christ. There's a key word if you go back. How are we overcomers? It's in verse chapter, uh, 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Verse 4, for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. When we put our faith and trust in Christ, when we're focused on Him, listen, it doesn't matter the storms that are boiling around us. It doesn't matter the waves crashing in. I could use all sorts of illustrations to talk about the waves and storms in our lives, right? 
The whole point is to keep focused on Christ. You keep focused on Him. Even, look, in the song, Overcomers, it talked about being sinking down, right? Even when we're sinking down, many of those trials come in our lives. You know why they come? Because we foolishly take our eyes off Christ. Get your focus back. Get your eyes on Jesus, on serving Him, not the problems around you. Just keep focused on Christ. Listen, I, I know you can look out in our world right now and get very, very discouraged if you're a follower of Christ. Very, very discouraged. You know, we shouldn't get discouraged. We should just look at our world around us as an opportunity because our mission field is great. It's great. There's a huge mission out, uh, field out there, and it's not hard to find somebody who needs to know Christ. It's not hard. Keep our focus. When we have doubt that God can save us or handle the situation, you know what we do? We open the door for Satan. We open the door for him to attack. Maybe you're here today right now, and there's something going on in your life that the world just seems like it's crashing down around you. I want to encourage you today, I hope this is encouraging, to keep your faith in Christ. Keep focused on Him. Keep focused on Him. Trust in Him. Overcomers are trusting in the Lord Jesus for salvation. They're trusting that His plan for their life is going to be laid out. They're just following Him and trusting in Him. Here's the second thing we see in our text. In 1 John chapter 4, or chapter 5, verse 4, it says, For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Overcomers are ready for battle and for victory. They're ready. In doing this study, I, I started studying the word overcomer in Greek. Anyone know what the word overcomer in Greek is, the Greek word for overcomer? You all are going to know when I say it because a lot of you wear their shoes, Trey. Nike. It's Nike. That's what overcomer, that's the Greek word for overcomer. And there was a Greek goddess uh, in Ephesus that, that they had a statue of called the goddess of Nike, and it was a goddess of victory. It means to carry off to victory. So that verb, you know what it implies? It implies a battle. It implies there's a battle going on. And this is a, a reminder that the world we live in is a battleground. It is a battleground. Turn to Ephesians chapter 6. The guys have been doing a study over this on Sunday nights. I want to read to you some of the verses. It's Ephesians 6, 10, we're starting verse 10. We're going to read 10 and 12 first. It says, Finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. We are absolutely in a spiritual war, a spiritual battle when we walk outside these doors. Our battlefield is one that is absolutely spiritual. We are fighting against Satan and the schemes that he has for this world. And brothers and sisters, we have to be on guard. We have to be watchful. 1 Peter 5, 8, 9 says, be sober-minded. Sober-minded means knowing the truth, not being scatterbrained about what you believe. But be sober-minded, be watchful, be ready. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. 
Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. There is one thing that I can guarantee you this morning, if you're a follower of Christ, even if you're not, that Satan is looking to devour you and your family. He is a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. What are we commanded to do here? Resist him. Firm in what? Here's our word again. Firm in our faith. Knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by brothers. He's looking. He wants to destroy your witness for Christ. He wants to destroy your family. He wants to deem you ineffective for battle. To wound you. Ineffective as a warrior for Christ. This is a battle. And I don't want us going into a gunfight with a knife. God gives us the tools. We have to be prepared for the battle. It's armor. It made me think of all the under armor that I see these kids buying for football and all their sports. Under armor. Anybody has under armor stuff? They make all sorts of under armor stuff. You can buy under armor shirts with pads on them. And then you got shoulder pads and you have helmets. You have all this stuff you can buy. And, and, and we, you do that because you want to be safe. You want to be prepared, right? I, we never want our football team to go into a game without their helmets. They'd all have concussions after about two plays, and we wouldn't have a game, right? So we prepare them. We give them the right equipment. You know what God gives us? He gives us his Under Armour. He gives us stuff for battle. That's the next set of verses in Ephesians chapter 6. Verses 13 through 19, I really need to, they're doing a study on Sunday nights about it. We really need to go through them on Sunday morning sometime. I really do. And, and I will. It says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. To stand firm. Not only just to stand, but to stand firm in what you believe. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. What is truth? Who is truth? The Lord Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Put on truth, the belt of truth. Lost my place here. Here we go. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shoes for your feet, as having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of what? There's our word again. Faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication to the end. Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplications for all the saints. He gives us an outline A spiritual outline of how to go into battle. It all is tied around who? Not you. It's all tied around. It's not tied around me. It's all tied into Christ. His righteousness. His truth. His word. We have to go into battle. We have to be prepared. Be watchful. Satan is going to try to destroy you. Listen, if if you're a fellow follower of Christ, if you're my brother and sister in Christ, he can't destroy your soul. God's already done that. It's secure. You're with him. Your soul is secure forever. It's over. That that battle's done. It's finished. You have victory. But what he can try to do is wound you and make you ineffective. 
where other warriors, you know, the, 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 the one thing in battle that a lot of people don't know in battle, you try to wound a lot of people that you can. Because if you kill someone, that guy's dead. But if you wound him, what has to happen with him? Somebody else has to take care of him. So you got two or three other guys that are having to look after the dude who's wounded. You make more people ineffective. As Christians, when we let Satan attack us and wound us, what happens? You have to have other brothers and sisters that take care of you. That's our responsibility to help you. But you have to have people that take care of you and are there for you. It's part of it. But it deems people ineffective. So you have to go into these prepared. Now listen, we have victory. We have victory whenever we're prepared. And it's all through Christ. When we put on the whole armor of God and go into battle... This is exactly what happens. It, 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 we're told in James chapter 4. This is what happens when you put on the whole armor of God. James chapter 4, starting in verse 7. It says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. He will flee from you. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he flees. He runs. Now, it brings up a question here, and I thought of this. Well, and I, and I, when I'm getting these ready, I try to think, well, like, I try to think almost like I would if I was hearing the sermon, right? So you could ask yourself, like, well, how do, we, how do we submit to God? The next verses in the text answer the question in verses 8 through 10. It says, and our verses in 1 John say also, we'll get there. It says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify you hearts, you double-minded. Remember we talked about earlier, about being sober-minded? We read the verses. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. So what does that mean? That means that we die to ourselves. We humble ourselves before God. We draw near to God. We draw near to him in his word, in prayer. We, we think less of ourselves and more of God. Less of Jeff, more of God. You, you draw near to God. You humble yourself before the Lord. And a part of humbling yourself is a being obedient to what God has for your life. To being obedient to his commands. That's where our text kicks in. In 1 John 5, 2 through 3. It says, by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commands. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. So how do we draw near to God? We, we clear out ourselves, we be obedient to God, we draw near to him, we humble ourselves, and what happens? He exalts us. He exalts us. And then when we go into this battle, what does Satan do? He flees. He flees. That's how you start to become an overcomer. That's when you're overcoming things in life. That's the third point is the obedience. That overcomers are obedient to God. When we are obedient to God and his word, we're then prepared for battle. Satan flees, we have victory. I love in our text though that John reminds us that these commandments aren't a burden. They're not a burden. Many times I think we look at being obedient to God as some kind of burden or that we're going to miss out on some kind of fun in life. That being a follower of Christ, you just don't get to have any fun and 
man, everybody else gets to do whatever they want to do. And here, me being a follower of Christ just is no fun. Like, I'm, I'm going to miss out on everybody going out and partying and being an alcoholic. Or, I'm going to miss out, I, I, ha, not having premarital sex, I, I miss out on all this so much fun that I could have had. And, and I really believe, I really believe with all my heart, those who do those things, they're the ones who miss out. They're the ones who are missing out. Because they miss out on what God desires for their life. That God has the outline. And when we are obedient to His commands, when we're obedient to God, His way is much better than what we can possibly think or come up with. That His way is better. His way is better. You know what it all goes back to? It all goes back to faith. It all goes back to faith. We think that if we will miss out on all the fun. When God says, my way is more healthy, more enriching, more joyous for your life, if we follow God and His commandments, there is joy. There's true peace and true happiness. Our love for God, and this is a, this is a hard, here's the hard concept of this. Our love for God is displayed in our obedience to His commands. Our God, our love for God is displayed in obedience to His commands. Jesus says so. In John 14, 15, it said, he says, Jesus' words, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Over and over and over we see in Scripture that those who live in open sin and rebellion to God are not followers of His. We see it over and over and over. One example, one passage is, first, we read this Wednesday night, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9-10. through 10. Where it says, it says this, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? And then he says this, Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Scripture is very clear. It's very, very clear. If you live a life of rebellion to God, you will live for an eternity in hell. That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. But I want to close with this, though. This is the amazing part of this passage, the next verse in verse 11, where it says, And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Paul says, you used to live like that, and then you trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ. You put your faith in Him, and now you are no longer like that. You're being obedient to His commands. I'm thankful this morning that we are the such were you in that passage. I'm thankful to be a such were you, and not you are, but a such were you. Because we've been changed. Following Jesus is not a burden. Listen, when that was wrote, the religious leaders loved to put burdens on people. That if you you really want to follow God, you have to do this, 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 and this, and this. And they put all of these man-made regulations on being a follower of God. You know what? You know what Jesus did? He did away with that. You know, you know what being a follower of God is? You don't have to do anything. You have to have faith. There's the word. 
You have to put your faith and trust in what Jesus did and who he was. I'm thankful for that this morning. Being a follower of Christ is a joyful thing. It's fun. It's not burdensome. It's life. It's eternal life. Being an overcomer means that you are following the Lord Jesus Christ. You have faith in him. You're trusting in him alone for salvation. You are trusting in who he is, who he was. You're following him in obedience. You're ready for battle. You're putting on the whole armor of God. You're putting on that and you're ready for battle. You're ready to do battle with the world. How do you overcome the world? Not through yourself, through Christ, through Christ. And, all, and through all of that, now I'm, you're being obedient to his commandments. Your love for others is being displayed. You're following Christ. And it's a joyful, joyful thing. It's not a burden. It's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. Listen, I love that there's times. We go, I want to go back to Peter as I close this. There are times when every single one of us in this room, me, both hands up, get our eyes off Christ. We get our eyes off Jesus. We get worried about the turmoil of jobs or whatever it is of stuff in the world. We get ourselves and we get our eyes off of what God has for us. And when we do that, listen, we start to sink. We're going to sink. We're going to sink when we get our eyes off him. But I love, I love that we serve a God that we can say, Jesus, help me. Help me. And he grabs us, just like he did Peter, and he picks us up. Out of the messes that we have made, out of the messes that we create, he reaches down, he picks us up, and he grabs us, and he pulls us up. And then when he does that, you know, you know what Peter had to do? How did Peter have to humble himself there? He had to ask for help. Peter had to ask for help. He had to say, I've messed this up, Lord. Help me. Help me. And when he did that, when he humbled himself, what did God do? He pulled him up. Jesus pulls him up, and he restores him. You may be here. <laughs> right now, you don't feel like an overcomer at all. Your life may be burdened down, whatever problem's going on. All you have to do is say, Lord, help me. Help me. I don't know the answers. I don't have all the answers, Lord. I just, I'm going to trust you. And in faith, my faith, I'm going to be obedient to you. Because I trust you. And you know what he does? It doesn't mean that all the problems go away that we create. It means he picks us up. He restores us. He restores us. It's okay. You need, if you need to do that this morning, you know what you do? You know what your help me Jesus is? Getting down on your knees. Getting down on your knees and saying, Lord, help me. I, I have made a mess. I want to read you guys something. I wasn't going to do this, but I'm going to. I just think it fits perfectly this sermon. This, I am going to close on this, I promise. We all make mistakes, right? And we all mess stuff up. Billy really disappointed me. You all, I mean, it's public record, but you know Billy. Billy was, I was going to baptize Billy last month. And Billy got to run in with, and which we all do. I'm not being hard on Billy. I want to read to you what he wrote this church. Mike, Mike, Mike's read it. 
Billy got running one night, or for a couple weeks, really, with some, somebody he shouldn't have been, and he, and he relapsed, right? And when Billy relapsed, God's always going to find out what you're doing, okay? You can't hide anything from God. And they picked, they picked Billy up here in town, um, and they took him to jail, which he needed to go to jail. And I had the opportunity, Sheriff Cole brought him down to his office, and I had the opportunity to talk to Billy in Sheriff Cole's office. And I was pretty hard on him. Uh, I was, because he knows better. Right? I believe that Billy's a follower of Christ. I really do. He just knows better, and he's in a mess right now. Um, but this is how Billy humbled himself. I want to read to you what he said. And I want you to pray for him, because he has a court date Tuesday. And he probably deserves to go back to jail. He does. But if he doesn't, then you know what we can do back here? Embrace him and love him and care for him. He says, Church, I love you all, and I'm very sorry for my actions. I pray I get the opportunity to show you by my actions and not my words. I choose to dwell, I chose to dwell in my flesh, and now I'm being chastised. I didn't make Jesus Christ my Lord over my life. If I if I had uh, if I had, none of this would have happened. I now see what it means to make him Lord. To my brothers in Freeway, please forgive me for my actions. I love every one of you and will be praying to see you soon. If there is anything you are holding on to from your past, I pray you let it go. And, and, you, and, and let it go and stay in step with the Spirit. Love you all, Billy. Billy sent that to us. And I read it. When I read the picture, I, I, when I read when Jeannie sent me the picture of that, um, that's humbling yourself. That's humbling yourself. Now, he was caught in public sin, right? And he's going to pay the consequences. Billy's humbling himself right now. Now, here's the lesson for us. If you humble yourself, he'll exalt you. He'll pick you up. you got to do that. If you don't do that, you're going to keep going the same way you are, trying to figure it out, and it's going to be a mess. And you're going to keep sinking, and you're going to keep sinking, and you're going to keep sinking. I'm asking you to stand this morning. You want to overcome sin and death? It starts with the Lord Jesus Christ. It ends with the Lord Jesus Christ. And it starts with you humbling yourself before him. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, this morning for your word. It's a challenge. I pray for Billy this morning. Pray for our congregation. If there's people that need to humble themselves before you and stop trusting themselves and their own way of getting out of the messes they've created and they've gotten their eyes off you, I pray this morning they get their eyes back on you and stay focused. They stay focused on you and not anything else. They surround themselves with other warriors of, of yours that can encourage them, take care of them when they're wounded, get them back in the battle. And Lord, none of this is possible. We're just, it's not possible in our own flesh. It's only possible through you. So Lord, I pray that we submit ourselves to you and you'll bring us up and exalt us. I love you and I thank you. In your name I pray.
Would you come up here this morning? Where did she sit? There she is. Darlena has uh, come this morning. She's a professed follower of the Lord Jesus Christ that wants to become a part of this local body of believers. So uh, I'm excited for that. Do you have anything you want to say? Um, just keep serving the Lord, people. We've got very little time, and um, he loves us all so much. 
Amen. Amen. Elizabeth, come on up here. Mom and Dad can come with you. This, uh, this, yeah, you stay right here because they're going to come around and greet you here in just a second. Um, I had the opportunity to talk to her a couple weeks ago, um, uh, and, and whenever somebody sits down and we talk about baptism, I have them share the gospel with me, and she shared the gospel with me, uh, and she's professed Jesus Christ as her personal Lord and Savior, and has come, yep, give her a hand. She is 16, 15, 16, 16 years old, and I'll tell you, there's a lot of stuff that's going to be trying to get her off track. So I want you to pray for our young kids. Keep our youth in your prayers. Pray for the kids. Pray for our youth. Uh, pray for her. But she's come, uh, and she's getting baptized this afternoon at the river. Uh, she's the one who's getting baptized, so I'm excited about that. Here's your opportunity. You got anything you want to say? I just want to say, I want to say thank you to Joel and Shelby. I wouldn't be here today if they didn't teach me about God. And I just love you guys so much. And I just feel like I belong here. Joel and Shelby are the youth directors. And that's payday right there, guys. That's payday. So I, I want to mention this, too. Uh, Joel and Shelly have a daughter named Janessa. A lot of you guys know Janessa. Janessa is being induced tomorrow. She's early, okay? So I want you to pray for Joel and Shelly and pray for Janessa. Uh, pray for the baby and, and her husband, Adam. Um, they pray for the doctors. So it's going to be a big day. They're going to be watching their other granddaughter um, while she's getting induced. So that's kind of stressful for them because they can't be at the hospital. So pray for the Joneses tomorrow. We'll be sending you updates on the texting, on our texting app. So if you have not signed up for our uh, texting app, they can probably put that up there. There's a way that you can sign up for our prayer request. It's very, very easy. Uh, then I send out, um, there it is right there. I send out um, prayer requests all the time. And you can text me if you have something the church you would like church to pray for. Um, it's a great way. I also send out reminders for stuff like tonight, if tonight was going to get canceled or anything. But well, All right, so we're going to leave about 10 minutes after uh, I close here. Uh, to head to the river. So what I want you to do, though, is come around and congratulate them. Uh, our next new member class is going to be probably starting the end of October. So um, if you're interested, you have questions about joining this body of believers, uh, please let us know. Uh, I, I'm going to ask one of our elders, if Alan Greenfield would be perfect for Alan today, would you shake hands this morning as people are leaving? Uh, Alan, if you all that don't know, Alan and Carol were the church planners that started Crossbridge. So you can talk to one of the elders that's the original church planner uh, here at the church. I'm going to go get changed for baptism, but come down to baptism today. If you've never been to a creek baptism, it's a lot of fun. So uh, I'm going to ask Ace, would you close us in prayer this yes. morning? Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this day, Lord. I thank you for your love. Lord, I thank you for uh, the baptisms and, and uh, the young lady that surrendered. Lord, um, your book tells us that, your word tells us that we're supposed to have faith like a child, Lord. Father, let it help us to have faith like a child for real, Lord. Um, help us to quit white-knuckling it and quit hiding our sin to give it to you for real and truly serve you with our whole hearts, me included, Father. Thank you for that work that you did on that cross for a poor, wretched sinner like me. I love and praise you, and it's your name I pray. Amen.